Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 60, Planning Your Perfect Vacation. Before I get into it, can you believe that we are in episode 60? What the what the what is going on, people? And this is 2,000% because of all of you. If it wasn't for all of you, I literally would have done a couple and be like, "Mm, I'm going to hang up my mic for a little bit. I'll just do one later. Maybe I'll just do one once a month. But you guys were the gas to my car. And I had people who came by and tried to take gas out of my car. And that's okay. You have to find your people and then love your people and love them big. And so when I read The Conscious Parent, which completely rocked my heart, one of the greatest things I think I learned from that book and all of her teachings is the concept of the as is. As is, I use all day long. It kind of comes from Byron Katie's work of when you argue with reality, you're always going to be wrong. And so I recorded this episode before we went into lockdown. We have listeners from all over the world. So there's some people who might be in still in partial lockdown. Some people aren't at all. And I know sometimes people are planning vacations before they go back to school, if you're going back to school. So I just wanted to have this one come out before you go back to school and while you're not in lockdown. So just know that everything I recorded was pre-lockdown, pre-COVID, and I wanted to have the timing just right because when you accept the as is on the vacations or on the birthday parties or on your expectations of how you should be as a mom or as your children's behavior, what they do or don't do, the as is will always, always, always free you from overreacting and getting in the red zone with them. So I share this story about when we went to Disney. This is, again, just think of this pre-COVID, pre-masks, pre-all that stuff. And so I want you to listen to it, take what you want. And if you're not going on vacations yet, then use something different. Use going back to school. Use planning a birthday party. Use planning your 40th birthday party or your child's first birthday party. I remember I put so much pressure on myself for both of their first birthday parties because it had to be epic. Because somehow I thought that their birthday party had to reflect my love for them. Well, that's impossible because you know how you love your kids is just so endless. So how could you ever have a party that reflects that? And so it was like I was planning this party and it was like this abyss of planning because I could never match the love. So if you're not going on family vacation, then plug in something different but using the as is will always set you free. So I hope you enjoy. Before I get into the topic, I want to say thank you to PTX Volume 1, who says the title of her review or his review, I'm not really sure with PTX, game-changing, life-changing with three hearts. And you know I love some hearts. PTX Volume 1 says, my friend told me about your podcast about a week ago. And since I started listening, I haven't yelled at my kids, haven't had that feeling of frustration and have been so much happier. I completely relate to all of your personal experiences you share, and I love how much I've learned. So many little tidbits of wisdom. The guilt after yelling at my kids was absolute the worst. 
but I truly feel transformed already. I just see everything differently. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. I can't wait to listen to every episode. <gasps> that, my friend, is why I press record when my brain says with a million screaming voices, you don't need to do that. Just enjoy your happy little family. Who do you think you are? Don't press record. What do you have to share? They already know everything. That is what my brain tries to tell me every single time. It wants to lay on the couch and watch Bravo and eat Doritos. But that, my friend, is a different 50-50. So I think we're always looking for the 50-50 of where is it Candyland and rainbows and that doesn't exist. And so it's a different type of 50-50 that I feel uncomfortable doing this, but I also feel fulfilled. So that's the other part of the 50-50. Whereas on the couch, the 50-50 there is, yes, I'm enjoying Bravo and Doritos, but I feel very unfulfilled and I feel unfulfilled funks when I do that. So I always know that the reward comes after the fact, never before. So just remember that. It's always about that delayed gratification. And I love when you write reviews because that makes me just show up even more and even more vulnerable and do the vulnerable post and put myself out there, even though it's hard, but it's super fulfilling. And speaking of love, Grady wrote this essay at school and my heart just sang because my only goal in life is to teach them about love and abundance and kindness. And the only way they're going to learn it is that, that I'm modeling and I'm embodying it every single day, even when the messy moments, even when they're nailing the horn behind me at Walmart. How does love always win? Because love always feels the best. And so he wrote a story about love. He says, love, what is that? There are different ways to show love. One way to show love is to hug someone. Another way to show love is to talk with someone. Let's show love. First of all, one way to show love is to hug someone. For example, I remember when I was little, I was six or seven, my mom was sad and I gave her a hug and that made her feel better. You can make your mom or dad feel better by giving them a hug and they will feel better. Let's give love. <laughs> He's in third grade and it's so fun to see him express himself in writing because he expresses himself so much with his facial expressions and his stories and his excitement about all the things. And so it's cool to see in the written form. He goes on to say, another way you can show love is by talking with someone. I remember when I was playing at recess, someone was alone and I went up to them and he told me how he was feeling and I started playing with him. And if your parents are on their phone, say to them, let's put the phones down and let's talk. Let's talk, yo. As you can see, there are different ways to show love. Our way to show love is by hugging someone. Another way is to talk with someone. Let's show some love. Can we not learn everything there is from our kids? Because sometimes you think I'm talking about my kids, but your kids are thinking and feeling the same exact way as my kids are. Your kids are my kids. My kids are your kids. The only difference between my kids and your kids is I know my kids a little bit better because I spend every single day with them. But I'm enjoying their childhood just like I was babysitting your kids because I'm so completely detached. When I say detached, I mean my ego is detached. I don't take credit for when they have their tricky feelings and I don't take credit when they have the over-the-top excited feelings. I'm just riding the roller coaster with them and loving the whole experience. And always know that everything's happening for us and not to us. And the more that I can see that in my own life, the more I can see it in my kid's life, even when they're going through something super tricky or confusing or troubling, I just always know that it's happening for them and their involvement. And then I'm not so much a helicopter mom, a lawnmower mom, trying to fix all the feels. I'm just like, that's part of the human experience. Let's feel those feels together. And so part of having the most perfect vacation ever is my favorite two words by Dr. Shafali, accepting the as is. And so I know a lot of your spring break plans were canceled or postponed or aren't going to happen at all. 
And so that's an example of the as is on a very extreme example. And so I want to go back in time when I was unconscious, not awake, very ego driven, however you want to call it. Because when I say unconscious, it's like I'm talking about me being asleep. But the kids were probably one in three, and we didn't have a lot of money to go to Disney World, but we were going to Disney World. It was our first trip to Disney World. I mean, come on, the happiest place on earth for the Happy Hutchinsons? That is a perfect storm for Kelly, who's unconscious. It's the perfect lesson for me. And I love that I went through this experience because it helped me to wake up even more. Dr. Shafali says the pain that you're going through is your greatest portal to growth. So know that I had to have all those painful experiences because it was trying to wake me up. If I had two super compliant kids, there's no involvement. There's no growth. That's actually kind of a boring way to live. I didn't have to stretch and grow. Our kids are always going to teach us to stretch and grow no matter what. Our job is to show up for that lesson. Or we can just put it off, put it off, put it off, put it off, and ignore it, ignore it, ignore it. Then it's like sweeping it underneath the rug. And then the rug just explodes. Same thing with people when they're trying to lose weight. They can ignore the weight, ignore the weight, ignore the weight. And then instead of trying to lose 30 pounds, they have to lose 60 pounds because they just put it off, put it off, put it off, put it off, put it off. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. And when you say, I don't want to think about it, whatever you're thinking about, that causes you to think about it even more. It's like the messy closet. I love that analogy because when I say I'm not thinking about the messy closet, once the closet is clean and it's super organized, I realize how much stress I was causing myself, telling myself the closet doesn't bother me, the closet doesn't bother me. And then when the closet is clean, you know how light that feels. And you're like, why didn't I do this sooner? It's the same thing when you take yelling completely off the table. Because the way that you're yelling at your kids is the way that you're yelling at yourself. I only know that because I used to always yell at myself. I needed to be the perfect parent. I needed to be, do it right. I couldn't mess it up. And now you know what I say when I say, I can't mess this up. What if they need therapy? I just answer the question. I'm like, what if I'm supposed to mess it up a little bit? And then I ask clients, I'm like, did your parents mess up a little bit? And they're like, oh yeah, they did this, this, and this. I'm like, how did that help you? And they say, well, I never wanted my kids to feel that way. So I'm going to make sure that I don't do that. I'm like, so that was actually your greatest lesson. So any pain that you went through from your childhood, don't beat your parents up about it. They were just doing the best that they could. And they were projecting onto you how they felt about themselves. So just know that even if they thought you were awesome, that was just a reflection about how they felt about themselves. If they thought you were lazy and not confident, that was just them projecting their own feelings onto you. So take it all literally with a grain of salt. They're just two humans that decided to have another human. And we're all imperfect and we're all B minus and we're all trying our best. And even if their best was to criticize you, it was just a window into how they talk to themselves. So take it with a grain of salt and know that your value and your worthiness came way before your parents. Even if your parents thought you were awesome, your value and your worthiness came before them. Your value and your worthiness, if your parents thought you were horrible, it's just a reflection of how they felt about themselves. You go beyond that and your value and your worthiness was given to you the day you were born. So don't look externally for that value and your worthiness. Definitely don't go to your kids because that puts a lot of pressure on their shoulders. Don't go to your spouse. Don't go to your grades. Don't go to your income. Don't go to your weight. Don't go to the cleanliness or messiness of your house because that is a lose-lose. You will always find evidence to support the way you feel about yourself. You go beyond that and you live your life from your inside out, your life from your in to the out versus the out to the in. Because it's like having Christmas morning and all the presents are underneath the tree and your presents underneath the tree are your value and your worthiness. And then you wake up Christmas morning, you're like, where's my worthiness? Where's my value? Where's my gifts? Where's my presents? They're all sitting underneath the tree. It's something that you already own, you already possess, you already have. It was given to you the day you were born. So if you want to know your value and your worthiness is, go back and look at that baby in the hospital. Go look at that little girl, that little boy. It was already there. It never went away. No one can take that away from you, then or now. And we can't do anything about the childhoods that you had, 
but we can do something about the childhoods that you're recreating for your kids. And we're always leading with love and abundance and kindness and realize that teaching them emotional literacy is the best way to teach them about their life when they go off and they're grown and flown. But we have to embody it first. We have to know how to read. We can't teach our kids how to read unless we know how to read. Just like I couldn't teach my first graders how to read the written word if I didn't know how to read myself. I know I can't teach Spanish tomorrow because I don't know Spanish. So the same thing works with emotional literacy. If you weren't given these skills to deal with tricky emotions when you were a kid, that is okay. The best way to learn it is to teach it, to model and embody it. And so when we went to Disney World and I'm unconscious, unawake, whatever you want to call it, I remember driving there and I felt so much pressure, so much pressure to have the perfect day because it was a lot of money for four of us to go. We had to pay for the hotel, the driving up there. We hadn't gone on vacation in a long time. The kids were really little. How are they going to deal with naps? I felt so much pressure to be so happy all day at Disney World. What if it rains? We're like studying the weather like our life depended on it. And I remember lecturing the whole way there. Kids, listen, daddy took off work for this. I had to take off work. We're spending a lot of money. We've been saving for this. It's going to be a good time. I was lecturing them to have a good time. I didn't even know about the as is. I didn't even know how unconscious I was. I knew that it had to be perfect because it was the happiest place on earth. It was our first vacation. It was Disney World. So much pressure was put on the fact that it was even Disney World. It's not like we were going to our clubhouse pool. It was Disney World in my mind. Do you see how my thoughts caused my feelings, which caused my actions, which caused my results? So my thoughts were, it has to be perfect. It has to be perfect. I sounded like the mom, mommy dearest, no more wire hangers. In my mind, the circumstance was Disney World. My thoughts about Disney World is it has to be perfect. And they better not mess it up. <laughs> That's what I told myself. All unconsciously, of course. So I gave them the lecture and then the whole day. It was fun, but it wasn't as fun being conscious. And I only know that because fast forward, because what happened, do you think, when I went unconscious to Disney World and I told them to have fun and they had to be happy and it's the happiest place on earth and you better be in a good mood and you better get along and you better share. I was like, lecture Lydia on the way there. Guess how many meltdowns we had? Plenty. Because they had to be all the things so I could feel all the feels. Because they had to make it perfect and kids don't know how to make it perfect because they're just humans being humans. And I put so much pressure on that that they felt that pressure. It's almost like that pressure of New Year's Eve when you're like in your 20s, you're like, what are you going to do for New Year's? What are you going to do New Year's? What are you going to do for your 21st birthday? What are you going to do for your 30th? What are you going to do for your 40th? What are you gonna... Like, there's so much pressure. And you're like, I don't know. I don't want to do anything at that point. It's kind of like when Lily was taking the FSA. So many teachers were like, get a good night's rest. Good and get a night's rest. Good and get... They were like, it's on the news. The principal stopped by. The assistant principal, the teacher. Then they sent a note home. Then they called home and she heard the message on the machine. She's like, mom, I can't sleep. They're putting so much pressure on me to get a good night's rest that now I can't go to good night's rest. And this girl, since she was born, has never had a problem with sleeping. But there was so much emphasis on getting a good night's sleep that she couldn't get a good night's sleep. Have you ever been in a relationship and you're like, don't cheat, don't cheat, don't cheat, don't cheat. And then either you cheat or they cheat. That's usually how it works because you're so focused on what you don't want that you get more of it. That's just Murphy's Law. The day was stressful. It had to be perfect. And then the whole ripple effect happened where Lily would stress me out. Then David would get stressed out at Lily because he's protective of me. Then he would get defensive. Then we're double teaming her. And then Grady's crying because he's being ignored. And he's like, running out of the stroller. It was like, this is not my happily ever after at Disney World. Fast forward, they're now four and six and we go back to Disney World. And I remember feeling the relief and the sense of knowing that the as is all day, every day is going to work at Disney World. The as is, people always tell me every single day, if I had a dime for every time someone says, oh, those teen years, just wait, just wait, just wait. I can't wait because when you accept the as is, there are no expectations. Nothing can go wrong 
because you've taken all your expectations and you just show up and you're like, let's double dutch jump rope today. What do you got, baby? Let's do this. And it never goes as planned and that's okay. The coronavirus, no one knew about. Last week, two weeks ago, it wasn't an issue. Now it is. Now we're double dutching. That's the epitome of a big experience of as is. So going to Disney World, it's much easier to accept the as is. You appreciate and live in the as is every day and you don't even know it because you might have a game planned for your kids and then it gets rained out. That's the as is. Do you flip out and freak out and go crazy and call over all the people and say, I can't believe it's raining. You're like, oh, I guess it's raining. So it's like Ross on Friends doing Pivot. You know, he's putting that couch up the stairs and he can't get it around. He's like, pivot, pivot. We're all going to be in that pivot rotation at all times, unless we hide underneath the bed. That's the only way. So fast forward when I learned about the conscious parent and the as is and accepting the as is and lowering expectations and not expecting your kids to act in a certain way so you can feel a certain way. So this circumstance was still Disney World. Then my thoughts about Disney World were, I can't wait to see what kind of day we have. Do I want it to rain? No, but will it? Maybe, maybe not. That's the as is. You don't need to know all the things. It's good to have well-laid plans, like think about your snacks. What are you going to do? What if it rains? Plan a parka. But don't give your emotional life to the rain. So the way you don't give your emotional life to the rain and you accept the as is of the rain at Disney World or the baseball game is the same way you give that same feeling to when the kids flip out. When they're overstimulated, they feel all that pressure. There's so much crowd control. Your empaths and your ones that absorb all the energy, that's a lot for them. Lily once said, she's like, I feel sometimes, she said this in fourth grade. She said, sometimes I feel like I know where my tears come from. I'm like, oh, really? As she's like eating her smoothie. I'm like, tell me more about that. She's like, I just feel like sometimes I absorb the energy of everybody around me at school and like the teacher's energy and what kind of mood they're in and the test and everybody's feeling about the test. And sometimes it's so much energy that the tears are like a sponge because the sponge is overflowing. And then the tears are like the water coming out of the sponge because it's overflowing because it's just too much energy. And I was like, dang, girl, that is a great way to explain it. And kids are like that. Just like puppies, they absorb all the energy. Some kids have better filters. Your super sensitive ones, your empaths don't have that much of a filter. And that's a good thing. A sensitive child is not a bad child. A child who's empathic is not a bad thing. A child who has ADHD or ADD is not cancer diagnosis. It's a gift that they have been given, and you are the perfect person to help magnify that gift. So the rain at Disney World is the same as when they get in the car or when they're arguing over a toy or they have a blowout diaper at Whole Foods. You just accept the as is and you're okay with it. You're not fighting against reality that it shouldn't rain at Disney World. You can't argue the rain at Disney World just like you can't argue something that's already happened. That's where we get ourselves in that high reactivity mode. When we accept the as is of all the things, we just see what it brings up for us. And that's our learning opportunity. There's always a space between their action and our reaction. Just like the guy that was honking at me at the Walmart parking lot that I talked about two weeks ago. Same thing with your kids. Just because you feel a certain emotion or you have a thought doesn't mean you have the right to act out on it because you are setting the blueprint for how your kids are going to expect to be treated when they get older and they get in their adult relationships. They're just going to recreate it. And that's a good thing. It's super empowering to know this. And so we went to Disney World for the second time and the as is all day long. Everything was so much more enjoyable. There was no pressure on my shoulders. There was no lecture on the way there. And then when I was getting out of the car, when we got there, the car next to me was Kelly, unconscious Kelly. The mom was like, listen, kids. And they're like one and three. I was like, oh my gosh, God, I got the lesson. I got it. I got it. And she is going off on her kids because she's putting on the sunscreen. They're not happy. She's like, listen, 
We're going to have a good time at Disney World. Stop yelling at your brother as she's yelling at her brother. And I don't come from judgment when I'm seeing this. I come from so much empathy and compassion because I know how strong the ego is. And when you are judgment of another mom, that just means that it's something within yourself that you either are working on or that is happening currently right now. And this is something I'm always working on. The ego always rears its ugly head. Always, always, always. I just know how to like acknowledge it more and be like, hey, ego, I see you. Hi. I don't push it away and guilt and shame myself. I'm like, oh, this is part of the human experience. This is where I get a chance to do work. And she's yelling at her kids that they're yelling at each other. And she's like, my, you know, daddy took off work. This is a lot of money. We're going to have a good time. Don't ruin Disney World. It's the happiest place on earth. Like lecture, lecture, lecture. And I came from, I just literally wanted to give her the book because I saw the suffering. I just know that she has to go through that suffering for her to wake up. Just like I had to go through the suffering and the painful moments and crying myself to sleep. Because in those crying moments was when I was like, there has to be an answer. There has to be a better way. Why is teaching and counseling so much easier for me? And why is parenting two kids so hard when I had 20 kids and it was so easy? Why, 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 why? I just kept asking the question. I was super curious. And in that constant curiosity is why this podcast was born. If I had two super compliant, easygoing, not strong-willed kids, this podcast wouldn't even be here. So I get it now. My message is from my mess. Not from judgment and you need to do this and you need to do that and this is the way, this is the only way, this is the only way. If you're having fun parenting, that's the only job. That's the only role. That's the only responsibility. If you're not, then just get super curious of why not and like your answer without beating yourself up and not blaming the kids. Do not ever blame your kids for your behavior. I did that. It's a lose-lose because then you need your children to change for you to change. And that's why I like empowering parents and just saying, control your side of the street. It's not about them. It's all about our growth and our ego and our involvement. And when we can let go of our ego and put our ego in the trash can or in the back seat and be aware of it, then we're not pushing it down and holding that beach ball underneath water. You're like, oh, that's the lower part of my brain. Oh, I see you're doing your job. I know you're trying to keep me safe and happy. That's okay. I don't need you right now, but I hear you. So then you're not pushing away and having guilt and shame. You're like, oh, this is what Kelly's talking about. I'm always saying, oh, this is what Brooke Castillo is talking about. Oh, this is what Dr. Shafali is talking about. This is part of growth. That means I'm on the right track. So keep going. That's a green light, not a red light. So accepting the as is on the vacations, the coronavirus, the canceled vacations, the rain on the baseball days. I remember when we were trying to get pregnant, it was taking forever, six years of trials and tribulations and prayers and tears and miscarriages. And I remember David saying, you know, it is what it is. And he was saying, this is the as is, and this is the cross we've been given to bear. And we got this. Who better than us? Other relationships are dealing with different things. And he even got a shirt that says it is what it is because then you're not arguing with reality. And I'm so glad that we had the problems that we did to get pregnant because that makes me appreciate all the little things even more, like driving the kids to soccer or baseball or volleyball, wherever we're going. I'm like, I love it. I want to say yes to all of it. And then I'm showing up in a better way, but it was the most painful experience I've ever been through. I wouldn't change it for the world. So just know wherever you are, you're exactly where you need to be on your continuum of growth. You're in that class for a reason. And once you pass the class, I'm literally sliding the answers underneath the door and you can take my answers or you can create your own answers. Just have fun doing it and then you know you're on the right path. So accepting the as is of all the things, the coronavirus, the canceled schools, the canceled spring breaks, closing the world, it's accepting the as is and then teaching your kids to do the same. This isn't what we planned, but let's just double dutch. Let's just get back in the ropes and let's keep jumping. And it's like you're adjust, 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 adjust. And then you're teaching your kids to have that resiliency and that bounce back kind of mentality because they'll learn that everything's happening for them and not to them. And then they'll pass their classes first. 
And when they don't, that's okay too, because that's the exact class they're supposed to repeat. All right, I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.